Welcome to The Fix Live. My name is Chris Hinojosa, president of The Fix Live, and to my left is Luis Cortez. Luis, how are you doing today? What's going on, Chris? I'm all right. Uh, had enough sleep today to last me for three days. Really? Yeah. How much sleep did you get? Like 17 hours. Really? I woke up from my 8 o'clock class, and then right after my 8 o'clock class, uh, I didn't go to chapel or to uh, my second class of the day, which is my last class, and I just slept until like, uh, like 1.30, 2 o'clock. Really? I, I'm, I'm just a little bit jealous. Yeah, you should be. Because I haven't had enough sleep, but that's okay. All right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Lewis, what do we got for news going on? Uh, well, Leopard's coming out. Cool. Uh, if, if you haven't heard and you're an Apple user, uh, I don't know how because uh, Apple does all those updates and it, it lets you know on your screens every time you go to a website, you know? Yeah. But uh, I've seen the screenshots for it. I've seen what it does. It's, it looks amazing. It is pretty amazing. It looks amazing. Yeah. Um, all, the, all the video demos on the website just give you a really nice overview of what it does. Actually, I, I got to use the demo version very early on when it was really buggy. Um, and uh, even then it was still pretty amazing, but it just crashed a lot. <laughs> um, but they've got a really nice Gold Master Edition now, so when it comes out tomorrow, which would be Friday the 26th, of course, when you're listening to this, it's probably almost a week from then. Um, it's going to be quite amazing. There's going to be people lined up at Apple stores all around the nation. Actually, all, all around, around the world, all, actually. Yeah, because they've got stores in Canada, Japan, uh, some in Europe, so all around the world, and the first 500 people at each of those Apple stores gets a leopard t-shirt, and anybody else who comes in gets a free leopard demo to try out. And, it, and the if they store. mention the fixed live, they get $500, right? No, they don't. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, so let's move on from that news article. What, do you, what else do you have for us today? Well, uh, something that we need to all be careful with you see, spammers are getting smart because we can block text emails. So what are they doing to get smarter than that? Smarter than that? They're using uh, GIFs, JPEGs, and MP3s. MP3s? Yeah, MP3s. So I can get spam just by getting an MP3? How, how does that work? Probably they're using, um, well, MP3 masquerade as a cell phone, ringtones, or carry name like Bart Simpson dot MP3. Okay. And Justin Timberlake dot MP3 said Crossley, he's a director of Proofpoint Incorporated, which sends email security software and Harwell, which sells it, not okay. sends it. Right, right, right. So he's not the one sending the emails, but. He provides you with the software to get rid of yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so. You're saying this comes on cell phones, or is this just an example? Like, where, where do I find this spam MP3 stuff? Computer security researchers say that the audio blast MP3 files with misleading names attached to spam emails reflect spammers need to slip their messages through increasingly sophisticated email f filters. Okay, I get it. So if somebody like sends me an MP3 in an email, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. And then I open it, and then it's actually like a promotional message for their company that's considered a spam MP3. That's what I read, absolutely. Okay, so to, 
I guess the way that you, you know, try and block yourself from that or block that from coming into your inbox is learning, you know, where it's being sent from and then, you know, adding that to your, you know, do not send to my inbox list and send it to the trash list. Uh, I guess that would be the safest way to do it, just like regular, you know, spam email. So. Alrighty, well, we're going to take a two-minute break here, and we'll be right back with The Fix Live. Alright, and we're back with The Fix Live with a crash course on why you should use an email client and how to set one up. <clears throat> so, uh, Lewis, do you use an email client at all? Uh, I use a school's email. I believe that's a client. It's hooked up to my OS and stuff. I mean, like a, a program to get all of your email. Do you use that? Oh man, it, it's installed. I don't use it. I actually go to the website. So after this, you are going to be using an yes, email client. Absolutely. Okay. Now, of course, Lewis has a Mac, and so he can he can use the mail application installed on there. If you're on a PC using Windows, you can use something like Outlook, which I really do not suggest. So and there's a bunch out there, uh, so we're gonna list a few right now. Uh, one of them is from Mozilla, the same people that bring you Firefox, and it's called Thunderbird. And Thunderbird is very, very friendly, very nice and easy to use. It's a lot like Outlook, but it doesn't restrict you from exporting and importing inboxes, which is really nice because Outlook likes to use a lot of proprietary formats that aren't compatible with everybody, and Thunderbird uses a lot of open formats. Open formats are a good thing. So I would download Thunderbird. Uh, another one that you could download is like Evolution Email if you're on Linux. Um, Eudora, I've heard, is really great. So check a couple of those out. See which one that you like best because some of them have a few different features that you may like over another email client. Um, so setting up an IMAP or a POP account, first you have to have an email account already set up with something that uses IMAP or POP. Uh, something like the school's email, something like Yahoo? Um, Yahoo uses Push. Uh, and I'm not, I think it's Push IMAP, but I'm not exactly sure. And right now, I think that's only available for like Blackberries and the iPhone. Um, so something like Hotmail or Yahoo is not something that you want to get to set up an IMAP or a pop to be used. What on. about a traditional AOL account? Uh, that's not what you're going to want to use either. Of course, you could, but it's very hard. Oh, man. So, but there are better alternatives out there. So we could use something like Gmail, or we could use... Because, uh, you know, everybody who has a Gmail account is a G. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Um, <laughs> a lot of school emails, so like uh, us here at Southeastern, we can use our school email as a pop email account pop email account um, so I can you know I get all of my email through there if I try and use it as an IMAP it actually kind of screws up a little bit or um, if I try and use it as a uh, Microsoft Exchange that really screws it up so try using something like Gmail Gmail's free anybody can sign up for it now it's out of you know the whole invite only process so go to gmail.com sign up for a Gmail you get lots of storage which is great and all you have to do, and I'm, I'm just going to show you how to do this in Gmail right now. It's very similar in other uh, you know, setups with different email providers and uh, different email applications. So the first thing I do is I log into my Gmail account. 
and then I go up to the top right hand corner under settings and then I see something called forwarding and pop and with some Gmail accounts now you can see forwarding pop and IMAP and I'm very excited about the whole new IMAP feature which will work better with my iPhone. IMAP feature? No, IMAP. I-M-A-P. It's a... Well, we'll, we'll figure out what that means in just a second here. But um, that's not the most important thing. The important thing is to go ahead and click on that and then say enable, you know, pop or enable IMAP. And then uh, you can figure all the settings for that. There's actually a link there that shows you how to use it with uh, any type of email program and it's got them all listed which is great uh, and I'm going to show you how to use it in Apple's mail so first we go into mail and then we're going to set up a new account and the way to do that is we're going to say file add account and then for account type I'm going to say instead of .Mac I'm going to say pop or IMAP and of course there is an exchange there but exchange I mean you really gotta get that working with something that you're already using in order for it to not mess up on you so we'll go ahead and say pop and then for the account description you can type in something like gmail account right and then you put your name in there your email address you know whatever at gmail.com we'll say continue and after we hit continue for the incoming server you say pop.gmail.com and then put in your password and then it's going to check the server and of course I put in a fake one so it's not going to check that. Let me go into my settings here to guide you through the rest of this. So when I go through that and it says yes this has been approved, uh, whenever it asks you for your secure sockets layer or your SSL, say you are using SSL, you can use the server port provided by Gmail which is 587 or you can use server port 25, either one. And when it asks you for what you're going to put as your outgoing mail server, make sure it's smtp.gmail.com. And then, yes, you want to use authentication, which is your Gmail username and your password. After that, you should be set up. I'm, I don't think there's anything else that we really need to know other than your, uh, I believe your incoming server is uh, port 995, and that's also using SSL. So once you have that set up, you should, you know, you should have everything pretty much going. Go ahead and check your mail, and it should be able to get that. Now back to the website when you're logged into Gmail under settings and forwarding and pop. Make sure that you mark that bubble or that checkbox that says, uh, you know, receive mail from pop that arrives from now on. Or you could say all mail, but all mail is kind of annoying. So I would say all mail from now on. So make sure to check that. Of course, there's plenty other different email providers and um, different email clients. I just showed you a Gmail setup inside of Apple's Mail. It's very similar with other ones, and uh, that should get you going. So let's go ahead and talk about the download of the day, which is Skype. Have you ever used Skype? All the time. Good, good, good. And what do we use Skype for? I mean, oh, what it calls can you people. It calls people. So you can do calls over the internet? Yes. This is also known as voice over IP. Alright, for everybody who's now listening in, we just had an audience member join. What's your name, sir? My name is Matt. Matt. How are you doing? Chris, this is Lewis, co-host. 
We were just talking about Skype and how wonderful it is, how you can use it to make voice over IP calls over the internet. I don't know what Skype is. Well, we're going to talk about it right oh, now. Okay. So you can use Skype to make audio calls or video audio calls over the internet, which is really nice if you have a built-in webcam or an external webcam. I have and one I, of those. You do? Yeah. So you could use Skype. All you yeah. have to do is go to Skype.com. Now, of course, we can't do it here at Southeastern, but um, because they don't allow internet telephony, well, at least you can't go to the website, but you can use the application, which uh. I have. And I didn't say that out loud, but uh, <laughs> only no. uh, twenty countries heard you. <laughs> right, but um, no, no, I use it to do podcasts uh, with other shows with uh, some co-hosts that aren't able to be at the same location that I am. So we're able to be miles apart and still able to talk to each other, which is really great. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a nice chatting application, literally. So, um, how much does Skype cost, Lewis? 30 bucks a year for Skype Ultimate, but like if you download the program, oh, it absolutely free. If you have somebody else's Skype number, it's free. It is absolutely free. So if you have like a Skype buddy, almost like an AIM buddy, you can talk to them. It's free from computer to computer. Now, if you're going from computer to landline phone or cell phone, then it does cost money a year. Uh, 30 bucks a year for ingoing, outgoing calls. That's Skype Ultimate. I would get that because their other plans, I mean, it adds up when you start doing their other plans. This is a great plan to go with. And 30 bucks a year for a phone, I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. You know? So, anywho, that's our download of the day. Um, now we're going to our site of the night. We should have a sound for that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's our Saturday night. Counts. Can you uh, imitate that sound every time, though? No. That could be a problem. Well, Saturday we night. We have, we have the, the, that we have to cut and edit, and we have... But that's a lot of work. Oh, man. Can you hear our voices? Yeah. So anyways, uh, Saturday night. Pounce. Uh, now, you all are probably wondering, what the heck is pounce? Because that sounds like a term used when lions kind of like jump on each other and crap. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering that. Okay. <laughs> what? Ooh, you said pounce. It runs a bounce. Yeah, and? An ounce. You know what? Hooked on phonics works for him. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> man. Alright. Alright, so pounce. Pounce is actually a social network, and I like to think of it as a little social network aggregator almost, because if you go to Pounce, and right now it's by invite only, but I have a Pounce page, and I have four more invites to give out. So if you want these invites, and I haven't given them out by the time you're listening to this, email us at thefixlive at gmail.com or email us at uh, britspit at gmail.com and uh, just ask for one of those Pounce invites and I'll go ahead and email you one. But anyway, Pounce, this is really great because um, when you're looking at somebody's Pounce page, uh, and let's go ahead and pull one up here just for reference, um, you can see some of their uh, information, you know, their photo, blah, blah, blah. Um, and on the side, it's got an aggregator for all of their other social network profiles. So like I have a Ning profile, deliciousdig.com profile, a Flickr, YouTube. I even have my Facebook profile on there, a link for it. I have my personal website and of course, Britspit Productions on there. And I actually should put the fix on there. 
and if you have a MySpace, you can even put your MySpace profile link on there as well. So it's a great way for somebody to see like a directory of your social networks. The other thing I love about uh, Pounce is that um, you can have a desktop application so that you don't have to be on the website to update your Pounce. So I can send a message and I can put that up and everybody who subscribed to my Pounce or who looks at it will see that message. If I put up a link there of a YouTube video, there will actually load a YouTube video or there will be just the link for um, that website that I linked to. I can put an event on there and when that event now, shows up, hold on one second, when I put that event on there, they can click on the little calendar icon and it will actually open up their calendar program and put in that event. The other cool thing that I really love about this is I can upload a file to my pounds so that anybody who views my pounds can actually download that file if I want all of them to have access to it. So what was your question, Lewis? Right. about it again. <coughs> now this is just like a blog. It's kind of like a blog. You can use it as a blog, but it, it's more of like a social network aggregator slash blog slash file sharing and slash update. It's very useful mainly because you can use this and I'm pointing to the desktop application, you can use this program to update your pounce. You don't have to log in on the website. Now, that's helpful. Are your friends, can you look at your friends? Are, are your, could you look up somebody on there? I can look up friends on, on pounce when I'm logged into my pounce on the website. I would like for that to come to the desktop application, but as you can see, it's an alpha two, so it's an early, early version of what it's gonna mature to be. And I'm very, very excited about what Pounce can do. It was actually started by Kevin Rose, uh, the guy who started dig.com, uh, the guy who started uh, the foundings of uh, Revision 3, and he was a former co-host on the Screensavers on Tech TV. So he's got some credibility behind him, and I'm, I was really you know, skeptic about Pounce because I'm like, oh God, not another social network. But it turns out that uh, they got it right the first time, and with this desktop application, I'm, I'm just very excited about it. Now, do you see that this desktop application come to other social networks and other websites that we use? I would love for it to, honestly. Like, uh, here, and here's my take on social networks. You know, this is why the fix exists with a social network. And, you know, uh, let, let me take, for instance, MySpace. Let's just create a scenario here. MySpace. You know, you're like, hey, I'm on MySpace. You know, I'm, everybody join me. And it's like, okay, da 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 da. Everybody starts joining MySpace and adds you as a friend. And it's like, okay, we're, we're here. What do we do now? You know, there's nothing more that you can, you know, there's no greater. There's no higher, you know, meaning for MySpace other than just being there. You know, Facebook has a higher purpose, and that's to be used as a directory, and that's what it does, and it does it well. Uh, and it's doing a lot of other things too, which is, you know, quite amazing because, you know, the expandability that Facebook has is is just, you know, it's amazing. Which is, and that's all I have to say for it. Um, you know, our social network, thefixlive.com. It has a higher purpose because you can, you know, contribute to whatever the fix does on the website, and then that will affect what we do on the weekly show. 
you know, uh, same thing for uh, Jet the Jet Set Show at JetSetShow.com. They have a social network called Mix, and you know you can you know talk about stuff. You can add to you know whatever the episode does, and then they'll talk about that. You know if it's important enough on the network on the next week's show. So it's really really cool what you can do with you know a, a higher meaning for your social network, and that's what Pounce does, and I'm very excited about it. Pounce. Exactly. Jump on it. Or something. So, <laughs> well, we're going to take a two-minute break and come back with our topic of the week on The Fix Live. All right, and we're back with The Fix Live. Our topic of the week this week is I'm a web designer, and so can you. Kind of taken from the uh, Steve. Huh? Let's try that again. First. <laughs> I'm a web designer. And so you can as well. Well, let's <laughs> take three. <laughs> I'm a web designer. And if you want to be one, you can too. Yeah, but the reason that I wrote it as uh, and so can you is because that was kind of taken from Stephen Colbert. As the, the title of his book is like, I'm America and so can you. It Never mind. Anyways. so I'm sorry. You have to put me into jokes like this. I, I'm sorry. I knew you were going to ask that, so anyways. Oh, man, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I, I, that's all I'm going to say. Is, this is a, an endorsement for him, Stephen no, Colbert? No, it's, no, it's <laughs> not. That's all I'm going to say about Stephen Colbert is his book. And we're not even going to put that in there, but okay. So being a web designer, everybody's like, oh, I don't want to have to learn HTML, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to you know, spend all that time. It's really hard. It's not, okay? HTML is not that hard to learn, but even if you don't want to learn HTML, if you want to start making websites now, there are programs that will help you do this. One of them that I absolutely love for both the Mac and the PC is called Enview, and you can find that at opensourcemac.org or opensourcewindows.org. Scroll down to the part where it talks about HTML and text editing, and you can find something called Enview. And it's a WYSIWYG HTML editor, and what that means is WYSIWYG stands for what you see is what you get. Okay, So if you drag something here and you type something here, that's how it's going to show up on the web page. Oh, so, man, that's fresh. Exactly. Anybody can make these web pages very easily. Now, making them good is a different story. You know, that takes a little bit of time, but you get better at it as you go along. You know, the more you play with something, the better you are at it. So Enview is one of them. Uh, for the... Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> for the professional website designer, I would get something like Dreamweaver, because Dreamweaver is very helpful, very useful, and uh, it's really cool because I can see the code, my HTML code, and a preview of the website at the same time. If I highlight something in the code, it'll be highlighted on the web page. Yeah, that, that's cool. Dreamweaver is absolutely amazing program. I've had I have a copy of it, not a copy, but I have the program running on my computer right now on my Windows. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do have a Windows desktop and I have a, a Mac laptop. A Mac laptop, right. but I'm soon to switch over to Windows with Mac on my new MacBook, my iMac or whatever it's called, iMac. Right. Right? iMac desktop. When it comes out. Right. However, Dreamweaver. It's a bit expensive. It is expensive. And NV, Enview is compared to it. It's free. It's compared to it. So, I mean, it probably doesn't do as much as it does, but no. But and they don't update Enview as much as they do Dreamweaver. But 
I, you know, if you're testing the waters whether to get Dreamweaver, I would first use Enview because it is a lot like Dreamweaver. So if you wanted to see how Dreamweaver works for free, download Enview. It's free and it it just works. But there's there's another one, right? There's another one. Uh, there's Dream Dreamweaver is a part of, I want to say the Adobe, the Adobe Suite. Uh, or is it a part of the Macromedia Suite? Um, Adobe bought Macromedia, so it used to be a part of the Macromedia Suite. Now it is Adobe. Oh, when did this happen? Uh, a while ago. Because I have both of them running on my computer. Yeah, I know. I, I have Macromedia Dreamweaver, but I didn't update to Adobe Dreamweaver. Now that's because I'm using a program to develop websites called Rapidweaver, and it's for the Mac only, but it's a very, very nice uh, website editor because it generates all of the CSS templates for you and all you do is like you know you can use it a lot like Apple's iWeb except iWeb is very babyish although the themes got a lot better with the iLifeOA update uh, it doesn't let you do a lot of HTML editing and I like to do a lot of HTML editing because I like to have a lot of control over my website even though I want it to look good so Rapid Weaver lets me do that. It also lets you use it like iWeb in the sense that what you see is what you get. So it's for the very beginner or the seasoned pro, and your websites are always going to look gorgeous with Rapid Weaver. So you're not recommending that we use Microsoft's version of a website designer? Front page? Yes. They killed that a while ago. Now they've got some new thing. I can't remember what it's called. It's with the new uh, Office... Oh, seven or whatever. It's, it's some weird thing. It's some knockoff of Dreamweaver, I program, think. Son. But it's a, I front page was terrible, and this new one I hear is not that great either. So, uh, I try to find something that's usually open source or at least something that is very reputable in the fact that it produces good stuff that's compatible with most web browsers. And by most web browsers, I don't mean Internet Explorer 6.0. There's my little what bit. What about of, 7.0? There's my no. I'm. That's not what I'm saying though. Like that's my little bit of frustration because. Uh, and here's here's something free. A lot of people uh, who try to develop websites, you know, for optimized browsers, you know, usually go towards the Internet 6.0 standards. That's old news, son. You know, Firefox, Chris Safari. Chris, on me. What? Trying to be black on me? Shut up. Yeah, that's old news, son. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's old news. Firefox 2, uh, Safari 3, and Internet Explorer 7 is what you should be designing for. And Internet Explorer 7 is really not that different from 6.0 other than it has a facelift and a couple of improvements, but it's a lot more tabs. annoying anyway. So, what? Tabs. Okay, so it's got tabs, but <laughs> people have had tabs longer than Internet Explorer 7.0, so... Internet Explorer 7.0 is just crap. I'm sorry. So, anyway, there's my little rant. Internet there Explorer we go. Loves you too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, there's a, a, another thing that we have to get into aside from HTML, which is CSS, which is very similar to HTML. CSS stands for Cascading Style Sheets. Essentially, it's so that I can have this little CSS file that says I want the font color in my website to be red, black, and gray for different areas so that I don't have to type that in on every single web page that I go to do. I can just say refer to the CSS file, refer to the CSS file, and then it'll just refer to that one. So if I make a change in the CSS file, 
then it changes on everything, which is really nice. I like it. Um, there are programs, though, that help you uh, create CSS files uh, very easily. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, there's one really, really easy for the Mac. Uh, there's t whole tons of them for the PC. Um, so go out and get one, play with it, see how you like it. Um, and again, like I've said many times before, just get the one that works for you best. So uh, the other thing we want to talk about this, and this is going to be our last uh, point on uh, being a web designer, is why you should have one for your church or business. Uh, and I would actually like to put another slash there and say youth group. Um, and why shouldn't you have one? Why shouldn't we have or why, these programs? Why, why, why should you not? I mean, there isn't any reason that you shouldn't, so let me rephrase that. Why should you have a website for your church or youth group or business, Lewis? Well, uh, I can see for your business and your church, off the top of my head, it's uh, a way how to network, how to, how to get members, how to get people to work for you, how to influence influence things like get getting your name out marketing there. it's it's just a marketing thing absolutely marketing thing uh, for your youth group uh, it's a little more difficult to understand that but I understand it to an extent that it teaches your kids how to be orientated towards something and so if you could put together a website you're a genius yeah what if, what if you want to get uh, what if you want to get um, you know events what if you youth group youth groups doing a lot of events uh, or upcoming events, and you want to put a calendar of events up there for their for the youth group's uh, parents to see, so that you know they can see. Oh, my kid's going to be going to this event and this event, and uh, you know they're going to this youth group and this night. Blah 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 blah. That you know I see that as a really good way to keep everybody on the same page as far as you know uh, keeping everything organized. It's a really great way to organize things. So, uh, there's tons of other reasons why you should have a website for your church or business or youth group. But, um, all right, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's our topic of the week. Um, if you have any questions about our topic of the week or anything that we covered today in The Fix, please email us at thefixlive at gmail.com or britspit at gmail.com. And please, if you have any suggestions for topics of the week in the future, you can also email us there as well. All right, we're going to take a two-minute break and come back with another segment here on The Fix Live. All right, here we are back at The Fix Live with our Mac Minute. And we're going to talk about a little, a little hack here. discriminating every week now. The Mac Minute. Let's do a Windows second. We did two Windows tips in a row, man. Windows second. A Windows second. <laughs> All right, all right, whatever. We got a joker over here. Um, all right, I found this on macOS10hints.com, uh, which is a great site to go to if you want some Mac hints. Um, we're going to show you how to view high def trailers in front row. And if you don't know front row, if you have uh, OS10 Tiger or up, um, you have front row, which is activated either by taking your Apple remote and hitting menu, oh, man, or well, you can buy another one for like 19 bucks, it's not that bad. Or you can hit Apple Escape, and your desktop will actually fly back, and front row will come up. So, 
There we go. We're coming back from front row here. Sorry about that. All right, so it says here on the site, to enable high-definition trailers in front row, type the following command in the terminal. Now, if you don't know where that is, go to your finder, go to applications, go to utilities folder, and then look for the terminal. Now, don't get scared if you see this little window pop up that's got all this little code in it. It's fine, okay? Just take things step by step. So first, you're going to open up the terminal. Let it sit there for a second and then breathe. Okay, next thing you do is you type in this, which is defaultswritecom.apple.frontrow, and then uh, you put a space and say uh, trailer bypass, and of course we're gonna put links to this in the show notes, uh, and, slash. And if, and if they want, they can actually just copy and paste. That's a little harder to do, so we won't even go into that. Um, trailer bypass slash HTTP colon slash slash www.apple.com slash trailer slash home slash XML slash current underscore 720p.xml slash and and kill all front row. So you'll be able to see that. And then if you want to reset those settings, then, you know, there's a, a spot on this website that'll show you how to do that too. It's very easy. All you have to do is hit enter after you do this. It'll take, um, It'll take effect, open up front row, go to the videos, and then go and see movie trailers, and then you'll be able to see all of your movie trailers that show up there in high definition, which is really nice, especially if you've got your Mac hooked up to a HDTV, and a lot of people do that with their Mac minis, because you can hook it up right to an HDTV. It's very nice. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I know, right? Unless you got a HDTV. You can hook it up to a regular TV too. But it's, it's better it's if you hook it up sexy. to a, a widescreen It's not a sexy. Okay, so. Well, I know, but if you hook it up to a widescreen TV, even if it's like 30 inch widescreen, it'll still work. So. Anyways, we'll see you next time on The Fix Live.